This morning, our gospel lesson comes from Mark, chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. The subtitle of this section of scripture is The First Commandment, and I invite you to listen for the word of God for you in this gospel scripture today. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, he asked them, which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, the first is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and besides him there is no other. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself, this is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared to ask him any question. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I love to play games. Any kind of game is so much fun for me. When my daughters were younger, we used to play lots of things like Chutes and Ladders and Candyland. And then as they got a little bit older, they advanced their game playing. And they were able to do things like the Game of Life and this really fun game that we've come to know, which is based off of a card game, Uno, that I used to play as a child. But this one is called Uno Attack. And it's fantastic. It's like Uno on steroids. So you press this button every time you have to draw from the deck, and you either get nothing or about 25 cards, and you never know what's going to happen. It's amazing. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. But in any event, as my children have continued to grow, we've even advanced to things like backgammon and never-ending games of Monopoly. Now, the reason that games are so much fun, I think, and so wonderful to play, are that when you are in person with someone playing an interactive game with them, you put your screens away for a time, you focus on the other people, you look them in the eyes, you listen to them, you hear them. It is an act of being fully present in the moment. Who out there has ever played charades? See, show of hands. Yep, quite a few of you. 
So all of you know that in the game of charades, you have to act things out without actually saying the words. And you're trying to get your team members to guess what actions you are acting out. Truly, actions speak louder than words in charades, right? So if we were playing a game of charades, I'm gonna try to let you guys back here see this too, and I did this, movie, way to go. All right, what about this one? Book, yeah, reading, absolutely. All right, what about this one? Song, song, yep, lots of charades fans out there. So we know that in charades, actions speak louder than words. Also building on that idea of actions speaking louder, of, louder than words, I heard once in a Christian discipleship class that it's really important for us as people of faith to be mindful about what we do. Because sometimes, as they said in this class, we are the only Bible that others will read. What we do as Christians becomes essentially the living word of God. Our actions might be scripture brought to life each and every day. One more thought like that is a quote that has been attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, who said, We are called to preach the gospel at all times, and, if necessary, use words. We're called to preach the gospel at all times, and, if necessary, use words. In our gospel lesson today from Mark, Jesus is questioned about a scribe, about which commandment is the most important. Jesus responds with an answer that draws upon what would have been at that time a very familiar Old Testament scripture. At the heart of Jesus' answer is love. Love God and love your neighbor. Jesus says to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The Shema is a Jewish prayer considered to be among the most important prayers in Judaism. This prayer is one that is recited each morning and each evening by devout Jews because it comes to the core of the of the Jewish faith. The Shema begins, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These words of the Shema are from Deuteronomy, a part of the sacred scriptures for the Jewish people in the Torah. And as the Shema continues, it also draws upon another important precept, from Leviticus, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Does this all sound familiar? It's the way that Jesus answered the scribe in our gospel lesson. The Hebrew word shema means to hear and also to obey, to take action. In other words, to hear God's word is to follow God's word. The prayer calls God's people, and I would assert even all of us today, 
to follow the commandments to love as if we carry those words in our hearts. The faithful are called to teach these words of love to our children, to speak them when we sit at home, when we walk along the way, when we lie down, and when we rise up. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Imagine that. Imagine what our world could look like if all people literally held these loving words of God's in our hearts. They would be with us everywhere we go, with everything that we do, in everything that we say, and in all that we are, in our very beings. Preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. There's a story about a five-year-old girl who, lovingly holding her brown puppy in her arms, begged her father, Daddy, will you please build me a doghouse for Scruffy? She looked at her father with that adorable gaze that parents and grandparents, really anyone who loves a child, cannot resist. You all know the look that I'm talking about, because what can you possibly answer to such a request but, yes, we will build a doghouse for Scruffy. Will it have a roof and a door and his name on the front and everything, she asked him. It will have everything, he said. For hours, her father hammered and sawed a pile of new lumber into something resembling a doghouse. When it was finished, it had a roof and a door and a name on the front and everything. Later that day, the girl's grandmother came over for a visit, and the new doghouse was proudly shown off. After the tour of the new doghouse, the grandmother smiled at her son's tired face. And she lovingly said to him, you are probably the only father in the history of the world who has made a doghouse for a stuffed animal. <laughs> the most endearing of love's attributes is its insistence on being impractical. Jesus calls us to love God and one another impractically, abundantly. It is that kind of love that is the foundation for the amazing ministry of Mother Teresa. She spent her life serving and living with the poorest of the poor in Calcutta, India. Mother Teresa says about her ministry of love, I am a little pencil in the hand of a writing God who is sending a love letter to the world. That kind of abundant love in action is at the heart of the lectionary Old Testament scripture for today from the book of Ruth. Now, if you know the story of Ruth, you know that it is a story of great love by a young widow for her mother-in-law. Years before this, her mother-in-law, Naomi's family, had been from Bethlehem, and there was a famine in that land. And so she and her husband and their two sons traveled very far from home to a new country of Moab, 
to make a new life for themselves. After a time, Naomi's husband died, leaving her a widow, but she still had her two sons as family. After a time in the land, they met some local girls, the sons, and married them, one of those becoming Ruth, who came into the family. But about 10 years later, the two sons die, leaving Naomi, the widow, alone with Ruth and her other daughter-in-law. Well, at that time, women alone without male relatives didn't have protection or support. And so Naomi decides that she will travel back to her family in Bethlehem to be with them. She tells her daughters-in-law to stay with their families in Moab so that they'll be provided for. But Ruth refuses. She says that she will go with Naomi out of love. She speaks these beautiful words in Ruth 1, verses 16 and 17. Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There I will be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me and more as well, if even death parts me from you. Love. It's at the heart of Ruth's devotion for Naomi. Love. It's transformational for all who embody it and use as the foundation for their action in the world. There's a quote by Khalil Gibran in his work, The Prophet, that says, All work is empty except when there is love. And when you work with love, you bind yourself to yourself and to one another and to God. I work as a chaplain and a chaplain educator in a long-term care community called VMP, the Village at Manor Park. And as a chaplain, I'm part of a large team of people that care for all of our residents and their total health. I work with a number of people who are medically trained that care for the physical health of people. I work with social workers and psychologists who tend to the mind and the mental health of our people. And as a chaplain, it's my job to care for the spiritual health, the soul, of our community. One of my favorite things to do in my work each week is that I get to be a part of the leadership for the new hires in our orientation that we do. And we do the same orientation for everyone in any role at VMP, whether they're in food service or housekeeping or administration or nursing. Because all of us, in our various roles, we are all our caregivers. So one of the things that I get to do in my orientation time is to focus on conversations about values and ethics of caring for one another. It's wonderful to have these conversations and to get to know the new staff, and it's great later on to be able to see them going about their work day to day throughout the building. We always wave and smile at one another, and it helps us to feel connected and valued. 
One of the things we talk about in these orientations is the importance of responding to one another with kindness and love. Anyone in any role can help one of our residents when they're cold to offer them a blanket to put around their shoulders. Likewise, anyone can bring a cup of cool water to a thirsty resident. And yet, not everyone does these things with love. When these simple acts are done with love, the resident can immediately tell the difference. And the caregiver can immediately tell the difference, too. I invite you to think for a moment about the work that you do each and every day. Perhaps it's work that you do to earn a paycheck. Maybe it's work that you do to further your education. Or what about work that you do to care for yourself or your home or a loved one? What does that work look like when you're in the day-to-day -day routine doing your work mindlessly as a habit? by rote. Now think about what it looks like when you do your work with intention, with care, with love. Preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. Today, in our church calendar, we celebrate the Reformation in our church history. This was a time towards the end of the medieval period when there was a revival in Christianity, when preachers and theologians like Martin Luther began re-examining the scriptures and Jesus and the church. There was a strong sense at that time that the Christian church had moved too much into a bureaucratic and corrupt church structure, which had so come away from the commandment to love God and love neighbor as self. Luther focused on the scriptures as a vehicle to understand that our ability to love comes not from ourselves, but directly from our relationship to God. When we love God, it helps us to learn to love our neighbor. We are offered the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ as a gift from God, and our response to that gift, our calling as Christians, is to love God, love Jesus, love each other, love all people. So I invite that today, on Reformation Sunday, we are called to a reformation of our hearts. We're invited to remember who we are and whose we are as Christians. We are not those who judge others and determine who is right and who is wrong. We are not those who separate ourselves from others in our community and world and think that somehow we are better than they. We are not those who go through the motions of worship and faith and forget about God during the rest of the week. We are not those who claim to love in spirit but do nothing to show our love through action. We are those 
who love passionately, actively. We are those who love sacrificially and relentlessly. And so today, we celebrate love. We reform ourselves back into the loving image of God to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to not just feel love, but to act lovingly to each other and to those beyond throughout God's creation, to give others what we would love for ourselves, to love others in ways we yearn to be loved. This is the kind of love Jesus advocated. This is the kind of love Jesus knew would change the world. So today, go out in love. Do love. Be love. Preach the gospel at all times and when necessary. Use words. I pray this may be so for all of us today and every day. Thanks be to God. Amen.